just about a week through free agency. And now we discuss who are the biggest threats to the Florida Panthers in the Eastern Conference. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, July 7th edition of the Locked On Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramondo Velez, you can follow me out on Twitter and Threads, a new uh, app that is somewhat competing with Twitter. Uh, yeah, uh, powered by Instagram and Facebook, you can follow me on both those platforms at Man 12 You could also follow me on uh, the show account on Twitter and Threads as well, at LO underscore F. LA Panthers and shout out to everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So cats fans, uh, this is, this is a little bit of a fun exercise. Uh, of course you hear me talk all about the Florida Panthers, uh, and, and, and various guests as well on how they've improved, whether they have, haven't and all, but now, but now with, free agency and the fact that the Florida Panthers were not the team that had the most money. They were around the middle of the pack, maybe in the bottom, in the bottom third of the NHL, which means other teams had money to play with and really went for it uh, this off season. And it's going to be a little difficult for the Florida Panthers to defend their Eastern conference championship uh, come next year, but it is Friday, which means it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick Fairbanks is back. Uh, and Nick, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, it seems like the last time we talked, a new social type of media came out, and that's that's big news. So uh, can't wait to uh, get this started, share it everywhere, and uh, hopefully we can get some likes and uh, some shares. <laughs> I think the breaking point was the day of free agency where it was the 600 tweets. What a time for that to happen. And it was just a frustrating day all, all, all around, uh, especially when, you know, you're refreshing, want to know the news right away. And uh, I mean, also for me as well, for the national writers, I was subscribed to a tweet. So even when I wasn't on the app, it would buzz on my phone automatically. And I would be like, First to know, so that's a cool setting that and and you guys, if you follow me on tw- Twitter uh, on the at least the show account, you could subscribe to the tweets at lo underscore fla panthers. So when I tweet something from that account, you guys will get it straight to your phone if you want to find out something or if I retweet something as as well. Um, maybe Threads will come out with something too in that regard. But uh, a few things before we get um, get along with the main time topic of today's uh, show, which we're going to be talking about biggest threats to the Florida Panthers defending their Eastern Conference uh, championship. Mike, Mike Riley, defenseman Mike Riley, who got bought out by the Boston Bruins, did speak to the media today uh, via Zoom from his car, uh, did speak about how uh, the the group of guys in South Florida, they heard, they he heard great things about even before they signed there. Uh, spoke about the how Barkoff and Kachuk was the were the first uh, people to reach out to him, and spoke a, a lot about the clubhouse culture. So, hoping uh, Nick that uh, that Mike Mike Riley is someone who could uh, 
definitely become a, a mainstay in uh um in in south florida as you know we spoke about all of last week he's he's only played 10 games uh last year last year for the boston bruins uh going back to providence uh quite a few times there and it, it again just like jacob and i mentioned in, even in the last episode with the injuries of montour and ekblad it's a great opportunity for him to get get some big minutes uh coming up this year Definitely. And it just seems like Bill Zito right out the gate, um, you know, wanted to make sure that the team um, was going to have the parts that they needed uh, going into last season. You know, they waited to sign Eric Stahl until into the season and he ended up being, you know, the 4C. And, you know, we, we know how that ended up. It actually turned out to be a pretty good move. But one of the things that the Panthers lacked last season overall was just depth. You know, you would be calling people up from Grand Rapids instead of having somebody who's had NHL experience and being able to keep the team afloat. Uh, it almost cost them a, you know, a playoff spot. They only got in the playoffs uh, with one by one point. But Mike Riley, I think, will flourish here. Uh, I, I think in Boston, uh, they had a couple of people that were just their mainstays, and I don't think that there's a lot of room left. And I think it's a no-risk signing. If he doesn't work out, then he's free to go by the end of the season. But I just think that Zito wanted to make sure that they have the amount of people in the on the blue line to make sure that we get it through at least December, possibly January. No, no doubt, and 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 definitely, and even if he isn't. Uh... Even if he isn't a mainstay for the Panthers, it's it's definitely when when those reinforcements do come back, uh, maybe he could be valuable on on another team. Uh, if if he happens to go on waivers somewhat later, early on into the season, to into the first third of the year. Uh, even though we did speak about this last week, uh, Patrick Hornquist did officially make it official that he has retired from the from the NHL. If you guys want to listen to me and Nick's. Uh, episode from last week where we discuss even more in depth into that. Now Patrick Hornquist officially makes it official. Uh, so let's go on to we're we're going to be spending most of this episode uh, just talk about threats uh, for the Florida Panthers. And of course, free agency has co- come and gone. Of course, there's different waves of free agency and there's still many different dominoes to fall, whether there's trades, whether there's uh, signings as well. Two signings have yet to happen. Vladimir Tarasenko, which who was reported to go to the Carolina Hurricanes, still hasn't signed yet. Patrick Kane, who's waiting, um, probably going to be waiting a few uh, months before he signs, based on his uh, surgery. And of course, there's trades of possible trades of Alex DeBrinket and an Eric Carlson there too. So, but we're just going based on what we know right now, based on 6:53 p.m. on a Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> and th- as we end this segment, I want to name three. Bottom of the barrel teams who we don't see as a threat at all. And the three teams that I have named right here um, are the Columbus Blue Jackets, Montreal Canadiens, and the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, the Blue Jackets had the most man games, uh, man games uh, loss last year, but there's a lot of turnover as far as their blue line of um, David Severson they got from New Jersey, Ivan Prorod they got in a trade from Philadelphia. They did draft Adam Fantilli, who's another Michigan man, along with Kent Johnson uh, there, but uh, but also a new coach in Mike Babcock, which uh, not a big fan of uh, his character on how he's uh, done in the past as well, uh, based on his stay in Toronto. But that's still a team that uh, that I think is still going to have a hard time making the postseason uh, next next uh, next this coming season. Montreal, they brought a good part of their. Uh, team back of uh, Alex Newhook, um, but 
brought in Alex Newhook as far as that trade. They used the asset that Florida got. And Cole Caulfield, man, that guy can be a 40-goal scorer in a healthy season as well. Um, as well, Lost uh, uh, traded Joel Edmondson to the Washington Capitals as part, as part, but I'm not a big fan of their blue line. Uh, top t- Their top pair, Mike Matheson and David Savard. Um, that, not, a, not one that you fear uh, there. And <laughs> Philadelphia, they're finally doing what Philadelphia fans have been asking for a while, finally hitting the reset button because when a big market like Philadelphia – it's uh and a rich history as far as as far as uh the sport they're finally hitting the reset button with uh danny briere as the gm keith jones is part of the organization kevin hayes got traded uh to the st louis blues uh we we mentioned ivan Provorov earlier as, as well but tony d'angelo is reportedly going to be traded to the carolina hurricanes but it can't be official until july 9th based on a, a trade happening from over a year ago. And of course, uh, Carolina trying to get them at a lower cap number as well. But are there any, is there any team that you want to add as far as bottom of the barrel uh, or, or are these three teams that you are certain of that won't be a threat? Uh, in the East, definitely. they will be the, the least threatening. Um, you know, I, I always want to say, Boston's going to fall off the cliff, but I don't think that they're going to be quite in this category. So, no, I actually don't have any other teams that I want to add. Uh, All the ideas and all the speculation that you put out there, you know, how things could still move around, um, I think is on point. And, you know, Columbus is in for a rough season. I think they got to, you know, basically get over the hump and they're going to see what they have in Fantilli. Uh, We'll see how Babcock has learned, uh, if he's learned any kind of lesson. And Philadelphia... Uh, going to be terrible and going to get worse. It sounds like just because they're getting rid of uh, some of their play- top players, and I'll put that in air quotes. And then, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I actually, you know what? I will add a team, Washington Capitals. Oh, okay. Um, I know that they still have Ovechkin. They have Oshi. They have a couple of gamers on there. It's just that's another team that's just been holding on and just doing whatever they can to either make the playoffs or just make sure that Ovechkin gets the record. But um, I don't see them really being a huge factor um, in the East. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And that team is one that is kind of held on with duct tape, especially, uh, especially now that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov is, is, has been disgruntled for a while and we don't know what's going to happen with him. Mm-hmm. as well uh they brought in max petrady as well to the mix brought back uh Ferrari after they uh traded him we don't know um and we don't and john carlson's also getting a little older but we saw how that team fell when john carlson was out for a long period of time but i have them as far as the meh contenders <laughs> there and that's the that's a br- perfect way to transition over to segment number two where we're going to discuss more about our meh middle of the pack contenders as well and threats to the Florida Panthers defending their Eastern Conference uh, championship title. We're going to discuss that more here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel. And take your first swing at and betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just get 20 back bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can 
um, with betting everything from the money line to over under and who you think is going to get the first home run. All the app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get $200 on bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment number two here on this Friday, July 7th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on another Fan Breaks Friday edition of the show. Today, we're talking about biggest threats to the Florida Panthers, and we already named one of them. Uh, Nick had uh, Nick had the Washington Capitals as bottom of the barrel. We know that they're not going to re- rebuild under Alex- Alexander Ovechkin, but uh, I had the has my meh. Uh, category here but another one i have is, is uh pittsburgh let's talk about the rival of the capitals there uh very risky to put tristan jari uh, uh extend tristan jari as uh, kyle dubas is there um for in his first year he said he's gonna bet on the core three of of, of the penguins and there was rumors about mikhail granlin possibly getting his contract bought out too that didn't happen for the for the penguins I like the signing of Ryan Graves uh, for for them, but of course, there's still pretty bad contracts of Jeff Carter, Jeff Petrie, you know, two two guys that are named uh, Jeff there. My name <laughs> is Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but all we need is uh, Ch- uh, Ch- um, Channing Tatum there from Twenty One Jump Street. But uh, <laughs> but uh, another uh, team as well that I I just don't know. I just don't don't know what I feel like. Lula Morello is a little bit maybe out of touch now. Uh, in this stage of the in this stage of uh, his career uh i'm surprised Varlama got a four-year deal to back up sorokin who he got himself paid too. pierre engvall great that was a great trade that they had bottom six uh bottom six uh scoring there but a seven-year deal there that has a 16 team no trade clause throughout the entirety of the contract for, but I wanted Scott Mayfield but not at seven years it's going to be 37 until his contract uh expires there um, so those teams, uh, Pittsburgh and New York, I'm, I'm not sure what, what to make, make of those teams. So I, I don't know what to do with Pittsburgh either. Cause it seems like they were going to break it down about a year or two ago. And then Hextall comes in and gives everybody money, uh, which then cost him his job. <laughs> um, but now Kyle Dubas comes in and he signs a, in my opinion, an okay goalie. He has hot streaks here and there, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to take the Penguins to the promised land. But mm-hmm. you can never count out the Penguins with Sidney Crosby or again, V. Malkin. So, or Chris Letang, um, even though I'm not a big fan of his game, but uh, you you can't count them out. But I, I would say that they're in the MEC category. New York Islanders are going to be perpetually in this. I don't think they're ever going to scare anybody. They just, they're a boring team. And I'm sorry to say that if there's Islanders fans listening to this, but their style of play is stuck in the, middle 90s and they give con- ridiculous contracts to people who whatever i mean if lou lamarillo is trying to give me a seven-year deal and i was going to be making as much money as maybe angval was and i'm a bottom six guy i'll take that that's fine i got security i mean he he's been doing this since his toronto days and he even did it with the new jersey devils when uh kovalchuk the 15-year deal yeah like what, tell me a 15-year deal that's ever worked out in any sports. I think mm-hmm. Bobby Benilla is still being paid. I'm pretty sure Kovalchuk is still getting paid. The Prieccio is getting yeah, paid. Yeah, like I think as you're saying that maybe the NHL uh, has a problem with the 
length of contracts, but um, Lou Lamarillo is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't really see him actually being with the organization after this season because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, mm. But I will say this, an, another meh team for me, It's gonna. It's honestly gonna be uh, the Washington or not Washington. Well, uh, it's gonna be the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna lose to Brinkett. They're thinking about trying to bring in Tarasenko, but I just I don't see how they've improved. Oh, you know, since last season, um, yeah, they started gelling a little bit better, but I just I don't see it. Um, you know, I they don't have the goaltending still. Their defense is still kind of you know Swiss cheese. Uh, they have Brady to chuck there, which you know I'll never count him out. Um, but still, I just, there's not enough there for me to see that they're going to be, you know, even close to even being a threat at, uh, any point in the next year or two. Yeah. I was going to name those next, but I was going to group Ottawa with uh, other Atlantic division teams, because these are the three, these are the three that are linked together as far as rebuilds and all Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo, um, here, Uh, um, which, Detroit is in on the Debrinket sweepstakes as well. Yep. They got Stanley Cup experience with uh, JT Confer as well. When you when you miss out on a first round pick, sometimes that could set you back <laughs> years. And Philip Zadina is on unconditional waivers for contract termination as well. Um, was up and down the lineup and really couldn't produce, kind of like Jesse Pulley with the Edmonton Oilers as well. Yep. And um, they got Shane Gossifer spare at four million. Some no way Florida was going to pay that for, for a ghost uh, no. there. And um, uh, um, James Reimer, 35 years old, back up Billy Huso. I think, man, Billy Huso is probably going to get a big lion's share of the games, like probably 65 plus if I'm going to assume. Uh, so I, I, still a very young team, but of course, Steve Eiserman doesn't uh, guarantee uh, any, uh, any uh, timelines as far as getting to a certain point. And Chris Draper, um, I just uh, found out a few days ago that he's mm-hmm. going to be assistant GM to uh, Steve Eiserman. Ottawa, Jonas Corposal, uh, I looked up how many games he's played, um, the most games he's played in his NHL career. He's never played more than 37 in his in his, in his his NHL career. But can we see bubble Jonas Corposal uh, again? Can we? It's it's possible that, that, we, that, that we could. But their power play is great, but that's about it. Um, health is still a factor. Josh Norris missed a good part of the season. Jacob Chikrin as well, who they traded for as well. But it's just really, is uh, is Jonas Corposalo going to be worth the five-year deal there? And and Buffalo, I think I'm the highest of, of those three. I think I'm the highest on them. Um, though their blue line is still very young. They brought a majority of their guys back. Um, and I guess that's still the patient approach that they're trying, that Don Granado and Kevin Adams are, are trying to do there. Eric Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a little older, former number one overall pick there, uh, is there to mentor their blue line and maybe crunch up some minutes so Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power don't get so uh, so many. But I I have a soft spot. I have, I think I have a little bit of a soft spot for the Sabres um, because I I would love to see the hometown boy Patrick Kane, when healthy, go, 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 go there as well um, once he is healthy. And maybe are they in the market for John Gibson? Who 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 has requested a trade out of Anaheim? Even though John Gibson's agent uh, has tried to uh, call uh, Frank Zaravelli's report false there uh, as well. And you also named uh, Boston uh, earlier. They're in cap hell. Uh, had to trade Taylor Hall for for nothing. 
Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci's um, bonuses are going to be on their cap this year. Mm -hmm. Charlie Coyle to be their the one C. Uh, that's not the one that scares me. Um, Morgan Geeky is a decent signing as as, as well, uh, but they they got James Van Riesdyk as and when he didn't get anything as far as a return when Chuck Fletcher was in Philadelphia as well. Kevin Shattenkirk, 34 years old, they're an old team, and and and. Part of me feels that the Florida Panthers broke them. Uh, would would you wouldn't you say? I will say I think Florida broke all three of the teams that they faced in the Eastern Conference. To be honest Fair. with you, judging by not only their signings or their lack of being able to sign anything. I mean, if you look at Boston, that's that's the end for them. There, uh, they're in cap hell, as you said, and they're signing people who um, may or may not do anything for them. Um, you know, I like JVR, but I don't think he's ever been a superstar. And you just keep adding on age instead of trying to, um, I guess, trade away uh, some of the older things that you have to get young again. But, you know, you're in the Northeast and you, you have to win. You know, they had the best season ever last season. Um, I really doubt that they replicate that. And after losing seven games in the fashion that they did, they had to kind of run it back a little bit. Then you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, they got rid of the better players that probably could have got them over the hump if they would have stayed the season. And they brought in bigger, older guys that I'm still not scared of. I mean, to, just to be honest with you, the fact that they didn't trade one of the core four, I think was the issue. Um, they needed to free up some cap space and also bring in some other voices. They didn't get rid of the cancer in the, uh, in the, uh, <laughs> in the locker room. And then Carolina, Carolina for sure is the one that was broken because this is what the third time they've been swept in the Easter conference final since 2009. Look who mm -hmm. they went to sign. Look, look at the names that they're attached to. They're looking for scores. They're looking for uh defensemen who can put the puck in the back of the net. So that's why Eric Carlson's there. Um, that's why they want to get Tarasenko in there. They, they need guys that are going to put the pucks in the back of the net. And, you know, that's unfortunately that's, that's all because of what Florida did to them. But um, back to your point here, uh, as far as like the math teams and everything, I think your list is spot on. Uh, I really don't have any other arguments or anything else to put in there except for just, you know, these teams are getting older and they're going to have to figure things out. And as far as Buffalo goes, I think they're the best of the bunch. I think Detroit's almost there. Uh, they just need to figure things out. And if anything, I think the Zadina thing is a blessing in disguise for them because he's acting like Jonathan Druin. And we know how Steve Yeisman handled that situation. And the kid's done nothing to deserve what that even that contract that he got. Uh, and the way he's acting right now shows that he's not being professional. Yeah, and you're surrounding $4 million as far as the what what's left what's left on the deal, at least from what I've what I saw today. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, he'll, he'll be lucky to get league minimum right now. And uh, and one of the people and the and the pick after that was Quinn Hughes. Uh, you, 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 what I said earlier, you uh, get you, you set yourself back when you miss on picks. That that is one of them. Uh, but of course, Kenny Holland. Yep. <laughs> and 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 now uh, he's I think he's going into his last year now um, with Edmonton and then he's going to call it quits from what I heard last time, but we're, we're focusing on Eastern conference uh, <laughs> here. So uh, my, my seven med teams, Washington, um, Washington, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Boston. But we're going to transition over to segment number three. We're going to talk about the five biggest threats to the Florida Panthers defending their Eastern conference final title. 
We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Segment number three here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on Friday, July 7th, 2023. Nick Fairbanks is here for today's edition of the show. It's funny, the way you were talking about uh, Toronto uh, and lost Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen to Nashville, uh, and you talked about them not trading one of the core four, which contract talks for for William Nylander, he wants 10. They want to give him eight, according to reports. But, of course, great story of Max Domi signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs after uh, his uh, father, Ty, played for them. And 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 all and uh i think that tyler Bertuzzi that i actually i i'm actually like clenching my fist a little bit it's like damn it and there and mm-hmm. he's gonna up his value even if he's not in toronto long term but it sounded like you wanted to put the toronto maple leafs in the met category instead of the biggest threats because i have them in the biggest threats i think they're the the talent of neela um excuse me marner and matthews still carries them to at least a, a big threat even though their goaltending is still questionable uh, with uh, Samsonov. We don't know what's going to happen with Matt Murray's contract. They still got to figure that out because Joseph Wall, um, the little bits that we saw from him, um, I, I, I was uh, fairly impressed by him, but I mm-hmm. think he's going to he's gonna eventually ease into that role. So it sounded like you didn't, you didn't see them as one of the biggest threats. Uh, do you disagree? Um, no, I, I do see them as a threat during the regular season. I just don't think they're going to do any damage uh, again in the playoffs. I mean, I personally think they got lucky to get out of the first round. Tampa outplayed them. But the fact is you're losing a pedigree that you have in Ryan O'Reilly. In fact, he wanted to leave. Tells you something. Secondly, you lose Noel Chari, probably your best penalty killer. And he actually played some big minutes against Tampa and also against Florida. And then you bring in a guy like Luke Shen, who I think I've never seen him play like that before. I think that's the best I've ever seen him play and they couldn't get a contract done with him. So Mm. I think that those three players alone will actually have them take a step back and they will not do what they think they're going to do. Plus, you know, they're they're trying to push at their Stanley cup favorites. I don't see it at Mm. all. Um, the fact that Matthews doesn't step up in the playoffs, Marner, uh, I'm not even going to say it, just he is what he is. And then Nylander, who probably was the pest out of the core four, to be honest, deserves to get paid. And he's going to do exactly what Marner did. He's going to wait and wait until he gets that contract or they trade him. So mm. either way, I, I they're going to be a threat during the season, but not during the playoffs. Yeah, and if you sign, uh, if you sign Nylander, you're going to have $10 million in – four players and and four forwards too that's that's the tough part about um what bradshaw living has now on his plate um i'm gonna go quickly through tampa this one's <laughs> this one's this was a very short explanation yeah they lost yanni gord barkley goudreau alex Kalorn, uh and andre palat but you got to believe it it's a believe it till i see it um even though the salary cap is starting to catch up to them um who knows if last year was a one-off, but I'm I'm also not one to write them off um, very easily. Um, I'm going to move on to the New York Rangers as the next one. Best goalie in the world still after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Mika Zibanejad did it, and Artemi Panarin didn't show up in the postseason, which, by the way, Mika Zibanejad was DJing at Lollapalooza uh, <laughs> in Sweden. I don't know if you saw that, uh, Nick, which is really, really cool uh, <laughs> there. But, of course, there's still questions about uh, – about their young guys of 
Lafreniere, he's being shot, shopped around apparently. Capocacco still. And the way, the way that they went for it last year, could they take that similar step back that the Florida Panthers did after winning the President's Trophy in 2022? That's what that's what that's what's the scary part. But Blake Wheeler, he's a he can score 15 goals and, and, and um, year in and year out, and and he's in his mid 30s and he has that leadership, um, even though he's not going to wear the C on his uh, chest as well. So I think that's a that's a big threat. And the two biggest threats um, that I have are actually very luckily two teams that are not in that Atlantic division. So and those are the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. The New Jersey Devils train for Tyler Toffoli. And this is the thing about what Tom Fitzgerald is doing. There's only one player who makes $9 million, and that's Dougie Hamilton. Everyone else is $8 million and below. They brought back Timo Meyer, like I said, brought back uh, Tyler Toffoli. Luke Hughes is going to be part of the mix for the first uh, first full season. Brought back Eric Halla, um, who's annoying in the in the bottom six as well. Um, Nico Heizer signed for a few more years. Uh, J- Jesper Bratt has, has been great ever since being drafted. And of course, Carolina the big uh, defenseman of free agent signing in Dimitri Olaf. The cap hits high, but it's a short-term deal, so it's not that big of a deal. Reportedly in on Tarasenko, we mentioned in the first segment that they could be bringing it back Tony D'Angelo, and it could be official as soon as July 9th as well. And even brought back their goalie tandem at very cheap as well. And Jordan Stahl, their captain. So they're sacrificing. I, I call it the Dwayne Wade approach. Coming back for less money because there's one thing in mind to win. And mm-hmm. yes, Carolina has been swept three times since 09, but you see them continuously lock, knock on door. They could be in, who knows? They could be secretly on, on the brink. I haven't heard anything. There hasn't been any national reporting. And there, there still needs to be that goal scoring there for, for Carolina. But as far as those three teams, those three metropolitan teams, um, what 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 says you about them as far as them being a threat to the Florida Panthers? Uh, I think Carolina, uh, even though they didn't get swept, um, I'm quoting uh, Rob Rod Brindamore on that one. Even though they lost the series four nothing, I <laughs> um, I think they are a threat just by all the moves that they've made and that you know that they want to run it back and bring everybody back, which I think will make the team closer and it'll make them realize exactly what they need to do in order to get, get over the hump and actually make the Stanley Cup final. So definitely agree with them. The New York Rangers, they're a weird team for me. Um, I could see them totally dominating or I can see them fall flat on their face, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, I know they have Laviolette there and usually Laviolette within the first two seasons of being with the team he makes the Stanley Cup final. So would not be surprised if they do do that. Um, you know, I think their misses with Capo Caco and uh, Lafreniere are going to haunt them because how do you miss on two straight one first overall and then a second overall? How, how do you miss on those? Mm-hmm. And then uh, who was the third team that you had? Uh, New Jersey. So this is the one team I am not buying. I am actually selling right now. I think that they hit their peak last year. Um, I like the signings and I like that they have everybody under contract for 9 million or less, which is, hey, Toronto, you should have took notes on this or Kyle Dubois, you should have, Dubas, you should have uh, taken notes on this. But I don't know, I feel like they they overachieved last year, kind of like what Florida did their previous season when they won the uh, the President's Trophy. I'm not a big fan of their defense and I'm not a big fan of their goaltending. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think that they were lucky to get around New York. I think New York had a lot of internal things that were going on, but they're going to figure that out. And they were manhandled by a Canes team by just 
playing fast and loose. So um, they're a meh for me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Carolina was able to slow down their pace, you, um, and especially when it comes to breaking up passes in the neutral zone, and 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 mm -hmm. when it comes to generating speed, Carolina is just great at at at, uh, at eliminating that for for their opposition. Uh, so before we sign off here, um, we listed all the teams that could possibly be threats, and of course, with New Jersey, um, their their goaltending got a little bit of of experience experience especially akira schmidt who spent a, a good amount of time in the ahl um with uh utica last year but of course we we as florida panther fans we saw vtech vanacek uh, mm -hmm. in, in 2022 and we saw how quickly peter laviolette uh pulled the pulled him in in favor of sam sonoff in in the washington series as early as uh game two but as far as florida as far as with these teams and of course a lot of turnover ha has happened for me, as far as threats in the Eastern Conference, I see them as l the lower tier threats, but not as far as the meh. But and and the reason is the main reason for me is really the injuries as of right now for for me. And still, we don't know if we're going to see the same Bobrovsky that we 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 saw come come into the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. How how does how does he personally um how does mm -hmm. he how does he go about his off season as well? And and how does he start 2022, uh, 20, uh, 23, 324 as well? So I put him in the in the bottom bottom tier of of threats. I don't think they're the favorite um, going into next year. No. But what says you about where they stand as far as threats? I think yeah, as you said, they're between threats and meh right now, and it does come down to how healthy they're going to be and when they can get healthy. Uh, this is why Bill Zito signed everybody that he did. I mean, I think Evan Rodriguez was a huge pickup. Very under the radar is not somebody I was even looking at, but the fact is that he can play up and down the whole lineup. He's a good defensive forward and he can score some goals. So I think that's awesome. But then to bring the glutton of defensemen in and probably going to have a rotation there just to see who fits and who works. I think it's smart. And that way, you know, when we do get healthy that they know who their pairings are going to be going forward. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see what the top two lines are going to be like. Um, is Barkoff going to be playing with Verhage still? Uh, now that Duclair's not here anymore, who's going to be playing on that wing? Um, is Tuchuk and Bennett still going to be together? Who's going to play on their wing? Is it going to be Nick Cousins? Or are they going to move Rodriguez up? It, so to me, if Florida's going to stay afloat, it's going to be on their top two lines and if their defense can actually keep it together. And as far as Bobrovsky goes, I have a feeling we're going to see... We're going to see the better version of Bobrovsky. He finally got a taste of, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs. He got further than the second round, and he was one, if not the second most important person on this Panthers roster to get them where they are. And, you know, I don't think that feeling ever leaves you. Um, so no. I, I, I expect him to at least have one more season with either him being in Florida or having the type of play that he had uh, last season. And, um you know, I'm just I'm hopeful for that because it would be awesome to see him excel um, after so many years of trying to figure things out. Yeah, especially we, and we we hammer, we've been hammering ever since oh, yeah. we've been podcasting together about his how much he trains too, and and when something goes wrong in his career, how much he bounces back and it's like wow, Vesna yep. Bob all over again, <laughs> and, and 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 maybe this is a this will be yet another example of of that as well so who knows uh and 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 you made up a you made a great point 
we should not be surprised if we actually do when it, when mm-hmm. it comes to that. But Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where we discuss uh, all the threats uh, and and non threats for 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 the Panthers in the Eastern Conference and where the Panthers uh, stand here. But tell everybody where they can follow you online. So. Uh, you guys can all obviously follow me on Twitter at Prudential Zero. I'm still trying to figure out this threads thing, but if you guys want, you guys can follow me at Bure1096, uh, and I will give you a follow back. So, Armando, thank you again for having me back this week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, my friend. And I'll see you next week, my friend. See you next week. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Run, and Locked On NHL Prospects. They can make the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Every day is make sure you come back early next week. We'll, we'll be discussing the way too early power play and PK units for the Florida Panthers. What are they? What could they look like come game one of the regular season? So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>